Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. Hello, Stevie. Hello, Dave. How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay today. Um, you know, had a rough few weeks, but, uh, you know, riding it out and today feeling a little bit brighter and more hopeful. Oh, that's really great. I feel, yeah. um, I feel slightly similar. I I think uh, sometimes it's it's hard to feel like there's uh, a purpose for a day. They kind of are blending together, but uh, I'm still working and my job is wrapping up. So uh, that's been an area of focus. But I'm also, again, hopeful, feeling good and feeling kind of active. And um, it makes me honestly, for being perfectly honest, want to get into our episode. Me too. We'll supply you with a little bit more hope. Um, Today, our guest is an artist, an abolitionist, and an ambassador of joy, Charlene Westbrook. Here we go. Let's do it. Hey, Charlene. Hey, Stevie. Hey, Dave. Hey, thanks for being on our show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I love it. We, 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 <laughs> behind the scenes, we got everything. We, we're doing a Zoom call. We have all our Zoom stuff muted. We're in our Zencaster program. And listeners, we really went off on Zencaster last week because they let us down. But we, we take it all back. <laughs> we don't we love you again. We love you, Zencaster. <laughs> It's like redemption. <laughs> we've, we've been redeemed and we're not angry. No. And we, we just want to have a nice episode with a great guest. <laughs> and we're and we're and we're lucky to have you. Uh, you look like you got a decent um, amount of space, which is pretty nice for these times. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I'm not in a closet, which is great. <laughs> um, I'm actually in my dining room because I know this is a food and relationships podcast. So mm-hmm. I'd say here. I think you can I, see my spice rack. Right I was going to say, I can oh, yeah. see how your spice is so beautifully organized. Yeah, I love that thing. I love that rack. Uh, now, I, I say this, I guess, speaking to, I guess, my, my parents who have a dining room, but... Uh, have taken to in these quarantine times they they're kind of meals are kind of eaten wherever you can uh, uh for them at least and i guess also for me too i eat in my room etc but mm-hmm. um are you do you make it a point to with your husband eat take all your meals where you're where you're sitting right now absolutely not <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not like right now we take our meals in front of the tv most of the time mm-hmm. um we're watching floor is lava i don't know <sighs> if you've seen it Mm-hmm. is great um so i would say about like once or twice a week we sit at this table and eat but most of the time it's in front of the tv which is like it is what it is <laughs> yeah it's perfect for right now honestly yeah how long have you been with your husband oh my god okay so in august we'll have been together for 16 years whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes <laughs> what is happening it's almost two decades oh oh my god I know it's such a I mean well we got married super young too so I got married when I was 18 and he was 19 um and we've just been rocking it out ever since except for like six months we separated when I was 27 
and he was 28 and it was sort of like a rumspringa, you know, we yeah, like, oh. went a little wild, uh, did all of the things, <laughs> some people, <laughs> like, and I actually took all of that experience and um, wrote a show with my writing partner based on that. So oh, we filmed wow. the pilot as proof of concept and now we're like shopping it around. So yeah. What, is it, what are you calling it? Separation. Oh, mm. that's great. That's great. <laughs> I, uh, wow. I, I have, uh, I mean, I'm sure you're, you, I'm sure you shouldn't be surprised. I have so many questions. So all the questions. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of answered the, the question of like the, I mean the right off the bat before you said anything else question would be, you know, how do you, how do you keep it alive after that long? Cause, uh, a running theme in, in Stevie and my show is, is that we just, and you know, knock on a million pieces of wood. I'm in a I'm in a wonderful relationship now, and we are we're pro. We are. I can see a year on the horizon. I'm close to a year, but that is rare for both Stevie and I. Um, but Very. that six months, did did you feel so energized after that? You just knew like this is gonna this is gonna work like super super long term. Yes, I mean. When you're in a relationship for a long time, I feel like there comes a point where you look at each other and you're like, you're seeing me from five years ago or 10 years ago, but this Uh is who I am now and I need you to see me for me. So I'd say that we kind of like fell back in love with each other in a new way for like the adult versions of ourselves, like of each other. Yeah, because you just you meet you meet so many different versions of each other when you start so young. Were, were you guys both? Uh, did you go to high school together? No, thank God. <laughs> I don't think he would have <laughs> liked me. No, he was very cute and very cool, and I was uh, just a little. I mean, I did a lot of things. I was in a lot of clubs, and I was definitely not popular, but I was well known. And sort of weird, so I don't know if you would have been into it. I feel like that that kind of describes <laughs> me. I was into maybe a few less things, but I was I did a handful of things, and I was weird uh, and well known. Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe for being weird, but at least people knew who I was. I wasn't anonymous by any any, any stretch of the imagination. You left a mark, yeah. Left, and yeah, for better or for worse. I feel yeah. like I feel like everyone who has a podcast or guests on podcasts could be described as that. Like a bit weird, well known by all, mm-hmm. uh, kind of confusing human. Totally, sure. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the exception of the uh, phenomenally rich and bored celebrities who are like, I guess I'll start a podcast. I haven't yeah. been on a sitcom in three years. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you didn't meet in high school, how did you meet? We met through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. I had like a movie night at my house and this friend brought him and we hit it off as friends first. So we were friends for like three years and then we just ended up making out one day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. A relationship built on friendship. It is the consistent theme of a healthy relationship on Iber and everything. Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, I feel like we sometimes talk to our partners in ways that we would never talk to our friends. And I feel like when things get a little sticky in our relationship, we can always return back to that friendship. It's always there. I love that. Uh, can I ask just just as a uh, as a to utter uh, movie uh, dork what what movie it was that you first uh, connected over at a movie night? Yes, um, Gladiator. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was like new then too. <laughs> yeah, that, that that timing that timing shakes out. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's an epic, an epic movie for an epic romance. I don't. It's so funny because I barely remembered watching it because I was so nervous because I was watching it with him. But I remember the only thing that I could remember was just Russell Crowe's hand on the wheat. He's like walking past oh. a wheat field with his hands there. And for years, I was like, yeah, that's what Gladiator is. He's like a farmer. <laughs> He's like a wheat farmer. You're like, that's what Gladiator was. It was me staring at this guy I thought was cute. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And then there was wheat at some point. Some point. Um, that's so so you you knew each other for, as friends for a couple of years then you started dating and was it like it did it move pretty quick because you already had the foundation of a friendship or did it still take some time or it moved so fast and I am actually really proud of teenage me because I remember saying to him uh I really like you this is not going to be a thing where we're just like screwing around we're not hooking up um you either date me or we're just friends. So this will never happen again. Whoa. <laughs> Great boundary. Yeah. yeah. And it was teenage me. And looking back, it's like I kind of lost those boundaries a little bit in my 20s. I regained them in my 30s. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I felt like I really knew what I wanted and I was pretty serious about him. So, yeah. Wow. Foundationally, and I'm, cause I, and I'm just curious because uh, boundaries are sort of the unofficial theme of Viber and everything. And I also think the unofficial theme of, of one's 30s, honestly, because, uh, I mean, you, you sound like you had them sort of locked in and established in your teens, which is enviable and amazing. But I didn't – it feels like the kind of thing nobody teaches you. Did you have – you know, familially or friendship wise, did you have like uh, any sort of even unofficial or unconscious role model that was sort of letting you know that this is the way to sort of stand up for yourself? Yeah, I would say um, my mom has really strong boundaries and like really healthy boundaries. And so she definitely taught me that. And I, I mean, honestly, boundaries are my fetish. Like some people are into BDSM and I'm into boundaries. Like there's like, <laughs> like <laughs> they're, no relationship can survive without boundaries. So, yeah, yeah, I really learned them from my mom. She has really healthy, strong boundaries for sure. Wow. Um, Dave, you got to make a shirt uh, that says boundaries, <laughs> boundaries are, my, are fetish. my fetish. They totally yes. are, yeah. I, that is I incredible. I have not. I, I have a, a, a fake uh, T-shirt account where I actually sell some T-shirts, and I have been in, in no way inspired or, or felt – correct putting any of anyone up in the past three or four months but uh, maybe we could do a collabo charlene if you yeah let's do it i make about two dollars per shirt you get 75 percent of the uh, profit (laughs) the boundaries are my fetish uh would would i think i think it would be right at home with my other one that i actually do sell which is uh which says is horny for emotional intimacy (gasps) i love that one yes same totally horny for that you could yeah. do like boundaries are, are my fetish on the front and on the back maybe like uh, BDSM and then or like boundaries and then greater than symbol BDSM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too good. Or uh, God, now I'm trying to think of an acronym for BDSM that starts with boundaries. Uh, well, you know what? I never excelled at improv. We'll see. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come never. back to it. Um. So so your. Gosh, maybe, it feels like we're we're burning through uh, through the teen years, but I guess I'm just what uh, if you if you're comfortable talking about it, I, I'm wondering what 
uh, led you to the to the six month Rumspringa, which is, I mean, no offense to our and I I've, I feel like we've had I've said this before. No offense to our Amish listeners, but we're, we know that they're not they're not listening. <laughs> they don't they don't exist. They don't yeah. have technologies. So no. They here. don't believe in this. No. <laughs> no, but I would like to invite an Amish person with a horse and pull cart to come to Los Angeles and listen to us record an episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be like a sort of like trip, like a field trip. Maybe uh-huh. like five or six could come mm-hmm. check it out. <laughs> Just, we've never had a live show, uh, but this could, that could be our first one and all, or we could go to, we could go to Pennsylvania, Dutch country. Look, we're, getting, <laughs> we're getting off on a real tangent. That is utterly my fault. Yeah. I, take, I take responsibility, <laughs> but the real question is, I'll bring it back. Uh, what what sort of led you to uh, like like the moments or months or years leading up to the decision to to take a six month uh, break? Huh. Um, I you can also say, say pass. Yeah, I would say it was something that was kind of evolving that I started feeling. We both started feeling really in our mid twenties. You know where we were like. Okay, we're no young. We're no longer like these young adults, these teenagers. We're we have fully developed brains, um, and I needed. I just needed to be seen as the adult me, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And I yeah. needed to see him yeah. as the adult him. And we went to we ended up going to Ireland um, for one of my very good friends' weddings, <clears throat> and we were in Ireland. And I just remember him. St- standing in this stagnant pool of water. And I was like, hey, come on, get out of this water. It's gross. It's like diseased. And he's like, no, I like it here. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what has happened to us? <laughs> like, we need to be evolving. And it kind of kicked Whoa. off this conversation where we just touched base and asked, like, I mean, do you feel like you have an identity outside of this relationship? And neither one of us felt like we did. Like, it was very firm. Um, so, yeah, we took that time to really kind of establish who we who we are as people. And it's been amazing ever since. I mean, that was six years ago. And wow. it's incredible. It's incredible that you guys, after taking the break, I love that it and has resulted in you coming back together. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people are very afraid and understandably of taking breaks or taking a pause for any of any kind, right? Because there's some sort of fear that like, maybe it won't work out or maybe you'll come to a different conclusion. Um, at what point did you, did you guys have a discussion that was like, Hey, let's get back together. Like, how did that work? We, so for the first like few months, we didn't really see each other. And then we started dating one another where Mm. we would, meet up like once a week and get together and just have dinner. And the first like few weeks, it was literally just fighting, like working things out and fighting. Um, And then it became sort of where we were romancing one another. And it really evolved organically, like back to getting back together. Uh, I love this. (laughs) I like like dating. I like dating your, your spouse. I like Uh the idea of that. And honestly, it's, it seems like, I don't know, I mean, relationship dynamics and politics are evolving so rapidly in this era that it's sort of, I think that, and even just personally, I know two different, well, three if I'm counting myself, but that one didn't work, but three relationships where the relationship opened up and it became an open relationship and then a closed relationship and then it continued on 
which feels like a mutation more than an evolution, but it seems like it's all, it's, it's not that it's almost quaint. It's like, it's, it's the fact that you took a break and continued to be in contact and work through it is, is I think the model that seems like it works the best because, you know, we've talked to people in our personal life, I think on the show before too, who like, yeah, we opened it up and we dated other people. And we dated other people together. We had weird uh, excursions and adventures and then decided, okay, let's, we're going to ultimately come back together. But I think that, did you feel like that separation while still being in touch gave you all the space you needed and then some, so you felt like you had your autonomy, but you also were working on a repair at the same time? Yeah. And I, I really loved what you said about mutations and cause I, I like to think about relationships being a living organism. Mm-hmm. It's like always changing and very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like during that time, yeah, I, I had the space to kind of soul search and find out, like decide what kind of person I want to be. Um, because I think that there's this weird symbiotic relationship between like the universe and what's innate and the decision, like the decisions that we make Hmm. about who we are. So in some ways it's like, we don't necessarily just find ourselves, like we craft ourselves too. And I, I got to kind of do that on my own for a little bit. And I know that my husband did that as well. His name is Nick. So I know that Nick did that as well Mm -hmm. for sure. Hey, hey, what's up, Nick? Yeah. Hey, Nick. <laughs> Shout out, Nick. Happy Shout sixteen out. years. Totally. <laughs> uh, is he? Is he? He's. Is he hearing you say all this right now, or is he somewhere else? He is actually at work, so he works in a really small office. Um, he is a VP of business development for an auction company that's like super, super small, and so he works with only like three other people. So he's able to social distance in his office. Oh, oh has nice. he been able to do that the whole time or did the office recently open up or I'm, I'm fascinated about all this stuff. Yeah. For the first like month and a half, he was working from home as well as everybody else. And then they kind of put some things into practice and then they got back together and now they're in the office and it's like four of them. So it's good. Wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. I work, I work in a huge office that has been effectively shut down for, so long that my like company issued laptop is just uh they were like you got to turn your laptops in i'm like i'm not going in there like <laughs> tell like, whoever's yeah, covid i can't bring it back <laughs> tell whoever is in the place still to take it off my desk there's nothing on it just wipe it clean i'm fine with it i'll, I'll never set foot in that place again and i have <laughs> and i also don't miss it because my uh my id badge this is so stupid but they <laughs> They stretched and smushed my my face. So on my on the card, it like looks like this weird distorted little boy version of me. And every time I would look at it, I was like, "Ew, I don't like looking at this guy." And so now that's gone, and my job's up in two weeks. So wow. Uh, so I'm I respect uh, anyone who is able to, especially the small businesses who can like keep it going and stay clean. Um, did you guys see the video of? Uh, an employee spraying down movie theater seats with disinfectant this morning. No, I no. didn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, like, like I said before, RE gladiator, I'm a huge movie fan, but I will not be going to the movies for a very, very long time. Oh, same. I might do the drive-in though. I've heard it was really I cool. Did that. So. Oh, you did? Oh, you did? 
I did it like two months ago. Um, I forget what city it's in, but I could not recommend it enough. You, They are very careful to have everyone social distance. So even the cars are like more than six feet apart from one another. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the only thing I've done like with a group of people from afar. You know, like we didn't all hang out, but we all did it in our car. And I will say it made me feel um, human. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that your, is that your I- dog? I, those are the neighborhood dogs. So they're wilding out right now. They're, I think they'll be quiet, but. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. For the first time in the history of I burn everything, it's not my dogs barking. <laughs> <laughs> they're the neighborhood dogs. I mean, the helicopter, a helicopter just went by. Helicopters have just been a fixture of the neighborhood the last like week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, I don't know what neighborhood you're in, Charlene, but I my there was um a flyover and it I genuinely felt like a helicopter was going to land on my roof. That's how mm-hmm. close it felt. And it shook the trees. And I'm I don't consider myself uh too gen generally afraid, but I was like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, you know in movies where like a helicopter flies low in like an office building and then like like a, a, a some seal team like uh, jumps through the window like breaks the glass and then like does like a tuck and roll and starts yeah. shooting everybody i was like well mm-hmm. if i did something i'm about to find out what i did yeah <laughs> i'm in trouble yeah i mean it's scary sometimes it'll shake your house or your apartment too it's it's really wild i've yeah. got some conspiracy conspiracy theories about that but <laughs> do you yeah, I do. Let's hear them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's um, just paramilitary tactics. Um, I called. My friend sent me a number that I can call. You, anybody can call it in LA. And you can request um, to speak to someone about, like, why the helicopters are there. And they have to tell you. So on Sunday, there was a helicopter that was in my house from, like, above my house from 4 a.m. to, like, 6.30 a.m. and then came back at like 11 and then came back at like five and at 11 I think you can hear one right now but at 11 um I called this number and I spoke to someone who was like very polite and he said well actually we don't have an LAPD helicopter above your house right now we should just have one that's passing over to Beverly Hills so there was an LAPD helicopter above my house I have video of it and it was there for like an hour and a half when I called. And so I don't know if they've just gone rogue or what's happening, but yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, great. This is a great transition to, right, Dave? Like, let's talk about what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, man, here's the. <sighs> Charlene, like to to get to 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 let you in on on how the sausage is made on our show. Like, I could talk to you about a sixteen year relationship and marriage for five hours. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to. Like, uh, the, the kind of running theme of our show for four years on and off before the last four months was like, how do people make it work? How does it last? Is there a correlation between how two people eat and how two people date or how a person loves and a person eats, et cetera, et cetera. 
listeners know this. It's well documented. Uh, a lot of times we talk way more about relationships than food and we make a nice little joke about it. But it's like, I have so many more questions, but the fact that we're now talking about helicopters and it's, <laughs> you know, the constant fireworks. Uh, there was a man, um, this is like barely an aside, but I watch, Stevie knows this, I watch way too many scummy 70s detective movies. Mm-hmm. And I was watching one last night and somebody outside my window was screaming for like 20 minutes and it was kind of on and off. It would be like a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. They'd stop. Then I would go to my window and it would just, it, I thought it was someone in pain. Then I thought it was somebody fighting. Then I thought it was someone antagonizing someone. And I put my mask on one thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. My parents listen to this show. Don't worry guys. The story ends neutrally, but I put my <laughs> shoes on socks, hoodie, mask, hat. And I went outside with my phone out to record because i also started hearing sirens and i got halfway down my block and i was like what am i doing Mm -hmm. i am i am a weak man and i don't feel like it sounded like maybe somebody was was just screaming to themselves and then i went oh should i call the police and i went no Mm -hmm. i absolutely shouldn't do that that's what we've learned and so I went into my house and just kind of stood by the window and then it stopped. And I went, okay. And then realized like, this is just our, our life. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we've gone rogue. And, and so, and so, and so the idea of a police helicopter, an unaccounted for police helicopter, just, yeah. just chilling. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course. And leaving to, I'm assuming go refuel and then come back. Mm-hmm. it's a very you know we've had episodes this this last period where we've talked about what we do know and what we can do and what makes us what makes certain people feel good and better and like places to donate and action that you can take but i think what you're speaking to is when you zoom all the way out it's like and this is also dovetailing with i found out a friend a guy i knew in high school is now a full-on conspiracy theorist oh um, is he like but, a flat earther <laughs> He's not only he's a well he was a hollow earther, um, <laughs> which is even weirder. Uh, but he's all but he's it's also like the most recent one was Dave Chappelle's been replaced by a clone, um, you know. But he's also a George Soros guy. He's also a paid protesters <laughs> guy, and a lot of it is. I mean, oh Dave, let's I, not give this guy any airtime. No, 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 no. I, if you. <laughs> No, never, never, never. But but I but I am curious. Um, I feel like there's two sides of a conspiracy coin because a lot of it feels like right wing. And I'm sorry, I'm talking for so long. I'm just my brain's on fire about this. But I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by people who would rather say like, oh, it's not that the government doesn't care about me. It's that the government's trying to control me. And which seems like the more convenient thing of like, oh, you're an egomaniac. Why would why would it just be a total lack of regard for your well-being instead of just like a way to insidiously control you but you the 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 other side of a conspiracy coin is like i'm totally with you there has to be going on something going on that someone is not telling us with this Mm -hmm. helicopter situation i mean do you have any other like where 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 does it where do the beliefs go like what like how have you been dealing with what's going on and is it um is it do you let is it like letting your mind go to these places by yourself or are you actually like 
doing research. I just, I guess I get um, fascinated when I think about uh, kind of what we've been, well, the hand that everyone has been dealt and like the way that people uh, are coping. Huh. Um, well, I myself like to take things back and look at systems and not just like, it sounds like this guy from your high school is definitely centering himself in every kind of conversation. And there's a certain amount of narcissism with that. Um, So I really like to blow my mind a little bit and read all of the things and then take it back, walk it back, reverse engineer it and look at the systems at play. So that's definitely what I've been doing during this time. I mean, there is a history of our government and, um, officers infiltrating black and brown neighborhoods with crack cocaine. That's something that's very well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the fireworks, the helicopters, that's just another, just another way to try to silence what's going on. Because ultimately I think that racism was, it really is a function of capitalism. Um, it was kind of created in that way, like to support this capitalistic um, slave system. I remember reading a New York Times article, like, I think it came out a a year ago, a year or two ago, about the functions of economics in the United States and how it still is directly derived from the slave system. Um, So I think that what's going on in black and brown neighborhoods is systemic. um, It's intentional. And it will continue to happen until we stop with the conspiracy theories like this guy from your high school and really start looking at the infrastructure in place. I, yes. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I totally agree. And, and you're, yeah, I mean, a billion percent. I, again, I don't want to give this person who I will not name too much <laughs> of a mouthpiece, um, but, it, but you're a hundred percent right. I mean, I think, and that's sort of what I was uh, uh, trying to say is that, a lot of those, I mean, especially the like far right, alt right, uh, uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy things, uh, theories are centering themselves in the conversation so much where it's like, this is what the government is trying to do to me. This is what Hollywood is trying to do to me. These are the messages that are just messages that are trying to be sent to me. And it's, I mean, conspiracy theory is a funny term because. The, poli- the the government has conspired. The government did go into black and brown neighborhoods with crack cocaine. The yeah. the, the 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 you know um, Ronald Reagan f- cracking yeah. down, being tough on crime, but not mm-hmm. on uh, uh, cocaine possession and white people, but on crack possession and black and brown people, and 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 marijuana and putting them in jail forever. And it's like, uh, I get technically that is something that was that took. <laughs> If you're getting into the minutia of words, a lot of conspiring, mm-hmm. but, it, but that's just like that's available information, and it's like to 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 be able to have the internet and to have access to every piece of information that's ever existed, and go, well, what if I actually just kind of pause this interview with um, Dave Chappelle and look at the way his uh, he, he's smiling, and then look at him in the year 2000, and he never smiled like that, and it's like go to. Re- there are you can read a book that tells you exactly what has happened to 
Dave's hometown. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, um, but that, yeah. that's like the idea that like it, it goes to show that like racism isn't reasonable. Like, <laughs> no. like you can't, you can't reason with insanity. Like it is so insane. Like there are, yes, there is information out there. And yet people will create their own theories that revolve around their own agenda and their own life in order to explain something or make something make sense to them. Like people have been doing that since the beginning of history, but like no one is born racist. So these are un people who have become over time through the system really unreasonable. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I was just talking to one of my black friends about this, about how when you're constantly centered, when every movie that you ever see features you, you're always the hero. Every story you ever read, everything, like all of your politicians, all of your leaders, um, they're all white. You worship a white Jesus. Um, there's a certain amount of narcissism that comes with that. Yeah. And I think that some people deeply, deeply are, I agree with you, Stevie, I think it's a mental illness, uh, just like narcissism is as well. Yes. And I think it's just the, the structures of the structure of the mind is not sound itself. No. <laughs> so you so, can't reason with people. No, like you this. can't be like, yeah. And we talked, <laughs> yeah. we talked to Joel on our last episode and he was just like talking about not, it, it's not our job, like it's not our job to um, transform people who are incredibly racist and reason with them. Our job is to give like rise to voices um, against racism. Right. So it's like to promote those people. How, how in 2020 are, how are we supposed to be allies? And I know that like the question comes up so much and that it's so uh, beyond obnoxious that white people are like, help us become allies. And I hope it doesn't come across like that. <laughs> but for our listeners, like how can, how can we be allies to the movement? I think that one of the best things, like I do, I do this work, this manifestation work. Um, and in this work, one of the things you can do is find an expander to kind of like break open your way of thought. You talking Lacey Phillips? I'm talking Lacey Phillips. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Talking Lacey Phillips. Yes. yes. Okay. So I, I would say that one of the best things that um, people that want to be allies can do is find an expander. Find, if you are white, find a white expander that uses their power, their privilege, their connections to uplift um, marginalized black and brown voices. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite examples of this is from the uh, movie documentary. It's like profiled in this documentary, The Defiant Ones. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. And it's a perfect example of a man, Jimmy, with power um, partnering with someone like a, a black man and elevating his voice. So they're both musicians. Um, he, Jimmy, found him or they found each other. And he ended up just working with him, partnering with him and elevating his own voice. So I would say, take a look around at what you do. Are you a middle manager? 
you know, is there maybe someone that you know or someone um, that comes in and interviews with you that's black or brown? Like, can, can you consider them differently, you know? Um, like what you guys are doing, you have a podcast. Can you, can you be more inclusive in the voices that you have, the people that you have on and the guests? Um, I would just say, take a look at your own life at the areas that you have power at the areas that you have privilege and ask yourself, how can I start including and really centering marginalized voices? I love that, especially because you're centering it around inclusivity and mm-hmm. I think that's the key, right? It's such a positive way of doing something. It's not about, yes, it will help to eradicate um, unreasonable and uh, sick ideas, but by being inclusive, it just raises up the voices that need to be heard. For sure. Exactly. And I mean, for so long, we haven't been listened to. I, yeah. I mean, we've been shut down. Um, we haven't had access. I think that things are definitely changing. Um, but something that I'm really interested in talking about right now is like, what is lost for white people too, through this insane belief in white supremacy? You know, I feel like if you are white, you, you benefit from a power system that was created to, to like, to create privilege for you. Um, but inside of that power system, there are certain mechanisms at play that actually oppress you as well. <laughs> hmm. And yeah, so the, in the same sense, like going back to the fact that uh, racism is a function of capitalism, there was a time when there wasn't a term really like just white. There were Irish people and English people and Dutch people. And the term and the ideology of whiteness really came about as a tool to, to suppress blackness. Hmm. And in order to wield that powerful tool, there were things that were lost in the white community as well. Like, you know, why do so many white people not know their own heritage? Why yeah. do you not know your own customs and your own traditions? When I've asked, when I've asked like white friends, what is your heritage? Because I I know mine, right? By Mm -hmm. being raised Jewish, I'm 50% Ashkenazi Jewish. And then I'm a quarter Swedish because my dad's whole family Swedish. And then Mm -hmm. there's like a few other things in there, like German and all these things. And we have our customs and I'm really grateful for that. But most of my friends will say, you know, just like white. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not heritage it's not that's a color of your skin that probably indicates that like you have bad taste in food but that's kind (laughs) of it you know like it's like it doesn't say anything about you Mm mm-hmm hey guys stevie here just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline, leave a message, 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236. And we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. It benefits me in no way to spiral out about racist ideology and conspiracies. I mean, you going like, you know, that it's a, it's a mental illness 
and I think that's why there's so many, there's so much punditry where it's like, well, let's take this apart a little bit. And it's like, what, take apart your inherent um, biases that you refuse to change because you're, you, you have a, a, a brain disease. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that you could be, we could all be spending more time uh, on inclusivity and realizing that there is a history just makes me, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm mad at myself as much as I am mad at the world, but it just seems like more than anything, the 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 loss with, with white supremacy is like it's you're wasting time. You're wasting a whole. It's a life. Uh, it's a life lived in ignorance, and also, mm-hmm. uh, and also, it's boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's boring as hell to like to deny the 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 value of of other cultures and to and also frankly to just pretend if you if you can be like if you can pretend that you don't want to engage with with non-white culture it's like all right man enjoy um enjoy ted nugent music you know (laughs) well it's like and i hate to relate it to food because it's a bigger issue than food (laughs) but but it's equivalent to being like I'm just going to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of my life and nothing else. It is what a boring way to live. I mean, and honestly, like if you, if you're not going to ride for marginalized communities, if you're not going to be more inclusive, then I don't think you should be able to benefit from the culture. Like how, how can you go and listen to hip hop, listen to rap or use your food analogy here? Like you don't get, you don't get curry. You don't get turmeric. You don't get soul food. Like, Connor, if you're going to be racist, like, you get salt, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you you don't even get the most white name on (laughs) earth. Connor doesn't even get pepper. No. I know. He doesn't even get pepper. Yeah. But I think think that I was just going to say, I think that, I mean, being inclusivity benefits everybody. It's a more exciting world to live in. Um, it's a more loving world to live in. Um, I think it's better for everyone. I do too. I do too. And I hope, I, I do hope that with so many voices being heard, I do hope that becomes what people are going to take away from this. Like, I do hope that it, we continue to be inclusive. Every single person in their own life continues to be inclusive and it, and I do hope it changes because of it. Do you know what I mean? I do think that mm-hmm. if every person lived from love and inclusivity, I don't see how this could exist. You know, I know that it has existed for 400 years and that it's incredibly unjust and unfair. And I would just like, God, I hope that it catches on. I do. Mm-hmm. Me too. I mean, I think if you have been denied love in your own life, then oftentimes power can feel like love. Yeah. And I feel like there's a, a a rightness of thought that is entering in the zeitgeist right now where people who have been more like the white moderate that Martin Luther King Jr. speaks of, um, the white moderate is coming around and recognizing their own privilege and their own power and how they have put things like money and ahead of lives <laughs> yeah i uh yeah it's well i i think that the 
it's not cooler heads prevail. It's smarter heads prevail for me right now. It's like, I think that I, I would hope that the, um, the complacent or complicit or both. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but those people are listening more to the undeniably true voices. I mean, it's like, it's impossible to, if you go to one protest, you're going to hear 15 people who are smarter than you and have more to say about what's going on than you. And if you just, (laughs) and honestly, it's kind of the scariest thing about having, having a podcast right now because listening is such a to me is the biggest listening and reading both of which require you to make zero noise uh you want yourself require like that is that is to me the work and obviously you need to have conversations and that's i think we're i think we're we're putting our our, our money where our loud mouths are by by actually reckoning with this stuff in a way i mean it's never going to be enough but to me, it's like if these people and and you know no no more mouthpiece to the to the theorists and 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 uh, alt writers of the world. No but more. it's like if you purely if you listened to if easily easy to find if you listen to a forty five minute Angela Davis speech, which mm-hmm. you can there guys, it's on. They're all on YouTube. There, you're not going to not absorb a piece of information if you just like, even if you're gritting your teeth and you're like, oh, my inherent bias is like trying to push this out of my ears. It's like, it won't work. It'll just absorb if you, everyone's got earbuds that cost $8. Like, it's just, it, it's, you know, the last two, this and this and our previous conversation and just everything that, that we've been trying to do have made me like, the less that I engage with the the absolute, garbage that can like you know again because i've admitted i can spin out forever like going how could this person be so wrong and and you know joel hit the nail on the head it's like you can't you're not the the work is not to put someone like that in a room and go like no we're gonna prop your eyes open clockwork orange style and make you watch a bunch of stuff that's gonna convince you you're wrong it's like no you have to you have to work with everybody Mm -hmm. and try to make a different world and um I think that that's hard to reckon with because, because when it seems so hard, like, which is not a good excuse. It's like, just commit. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the people that you're speaking to are people that live in their ego and they really can't listen with empathy or compassion. There isn't room for emotional intelligence when you live that way. Right. I mean, And it's too threatening to actually listen because when you live in your ego and you don't come from a heart space or a soul space, then you think that the, you, you believe that your ideology and that your mind is you. And so they can't listen because it would dismantle and destroy their entire life. Right. It's like, it's it's exactly like the definition of narcissism, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. if you call a narcissist a narcissist, they unravel Mm -hmm. and it's just yeah it's uh it's like telling uh it's like it's like when you and when you finally convince an android that they're not human and then they explode (laughs) yes essentially yes yes it's like westworld this is season three we're living in right now (laughs) um is there is there um 
and you know, uh, forgive uh, the the wholly inarticulate segue. But is there anything that um that is making that is like a source of comfort for you and your like husband at home in this time? Is there have you been uh, and wait for it? Stevie, here it comes. Have you been cooking together? Oh, uh, you've been <laughs> watching you been Floor is Lava. Eating food. <laughs> uh, yes, actually. Good. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I have been eating food. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm kind of weird like that. Like, um, I don't want to like. I know I don't want to like not like weird flex, but I eat weird flex. <laughs> I'm not like you. I eat okay. Um, uh yeah i mean it's i think sometimes it's hard to uh i mean it is extremely hard to reckon with like there are two wholly related but two like very different seeming things going on at once that can like fully unravel an entire day week month or even your year uh but 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 Yeah, but I'll be there for you, Dave. Uh, yes, yeah? thank you. And I, and I you. Like you've, like, you've been there before for me, even though we're just meeting today. But, but is there, is there like, um, is there any sort of thing that allows you to, to get into a routine, a thing that makes your day feel like an actual day? Um, that, yeah. That you, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I love that you asked this question because I'm a huge foodie, even though that word kind of makes me gag now. This is, it feels a little overplayed in 2020. Um, but I love food. I had a career in restaurants, actually, for a while um, first. What did you do? Yeah, so I managed them. Um, I worked in them. I'm a level one sommelier. Um, Ooh, I don't know if you can see back here, but I got my shape niece and like wine bottles and this is a map of burgundy over here um so i i think that one of the best ways that we can honor ourselves and care for ourselves is just by being really intentional in the way that we nourish ourselves um through cooking Mm. so yeah i've been doing a lot of cooking one of my favorite things that my husband and i did when quarantine started actually is we watched alice waters um master class um which is amazing super i alice waters is a hero of mine um so she is the owner and founder of chez panisse in berkeley Mm. and she started the slow food food movement in the united states so whereas like in the 70s people were really starting to eat for convenience um and she brought it back towards more um family-centered traditions local organic produce um really delicious food so yeah i've been cooking a lot alice waters is someone who comes up anyone who knows anything about restaurants she's a person who comes up in every conversation because she really has like it's like she rewound things for us Mm -hmm. she was like let's take it back 900 steps for sure and she was a badass too i mean she was a revolutionary she grew up, she was living in Berkeley during the civil rights movement. Um, yeah, she's a total hero of mine. And I, I love food. I know you, we talked about our, my spice rack here before, mm-hmm. 
we started this podcast, but yeah, I've got a behemoth spice rack back here in a cute little kitchen. So my husband and I have been in here cooking. I've been, one of the other things I've been doing is I've been learning to skateboard, which is giving me life right now. (laughs) A new hobby. You've not done that. Yes. I got a new hobby over quarantine. I saw Um, the picture on your Instagram and we laugh. (laughs) Yes. I've been digging it. Um, I love it so much. I got my Ollie this week. So super stoked about that. Yes. That's huge. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it feels like a giant accomplishment. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I can't do that. (laughs) I can't, Ollie. I can't do... I can't do anything. I had I I had inline skates, couldn't do it. My friends were going off jumps. Oh. I was like, <laughs> I I. But I, anytime I'm on a skateboard, I'm like, oh, this could be it for me. Like, I'm gonna go forward. The skateboard's gonna go backwards, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna crack my skull open. But the fact that you can, the fact that you've learned how to ollie means that Incredible. you're making pretty big progress. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's a it's a really amazing way to just kind of like feel like a kid again those are the things that I'm doing now like I'm watching floor is lava which is a game for some reason I don't did you guys play floor is lava when you were a kid yeah why did we all play this game I don't know it (laughs) what's crazy is I don't feel like that was a game where it wasn't like a game where someone told us about the game like did you have siblings Yes, but I'm the oldest and no one told me. I told them. <laughs> like It was like me, my brother and my sister. And like, you're just born. I feel like while no one is born a racist, we are all <laughs> born with the floor is lava in us. And we it's in know, our DNA. In our, <laughs> it's in one of our chromosomes. Yes. <laughs> it's like a guaranteed thing. It's so bizarre, actually. Like there are certain things that kids just do. And we just mm-hmm. always, we always did that. I know. I, I don't get it. I was just talking to my sisters about that too. But yeah, I've been doing all the kid things. So I mean, you're, just, I don't... you're reconnecting with things that bring you joy. It yes, sounds like. exactly. Exactly. Is, is there a dish that you cook that brings you joy or something that reminds you of home? Um, pasta. Like mm. always any kind of pasta. Um, one of my favorites to make that's super easy is just like a lemon pasta um, with capers and red chili flakes and really good Ooh. olive oil. Um, yeah, and parsley. <gasps> it's so good. That sounds really fresh and light. God, that mm-hmm. sounds great. It's I, delicious. I've, I've been, uh, it's funny. I was, I'm always the Parmesan and never the chili flake guy when it comes to pizza. And for mm-hmm. some reason, truly beginning of quarantine, it, like I, it, I cannot even time it to any time before it. But as soon as we were all in our house houses, I've been upping my spice level in incremental and it's not that I'm even a wimp but it's like I kind of think I can maybe trace it so I watched a lot of uh hot ones interviews <laughs> yeah so I watched it and I was like oh, these all these people are eating a lot of spicy food and so now I've got like I don't know four out of five chili pepper level hot sauce I'm doing the chili flakes we have like um chilies fried in oil like a jar of them from like i think a korean grocer and i've just been like it's not even an endurance test i just genuinely like it now it's a very uh i never i didn't i didn't notice any sort of food trend at all that i was having except that i i have been drinking so much less because i started the core Mm -hmm. really pushing the limits of um what my uh fragile body and liver and brain could handle and um turns out it's very little the limit is low (laughs) Oh, no. Same. Yeah, I'm actually not drinking right now too for the same the same reasons. I feel like 
it my nervous system is all over the place right now and i just cannot i just can't take any alcohol it's like i have like three ounces and i it's crazy you know (laughs) yeah i'm i've never really been much of a drinker and quarantine has not changed me whatsoever (laughs) um but it's it's never made me feel good i'm always like i'm always shocked that people are able to drink right now i'm like I would spin out so hardcore. The only thing I can do is take walks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's as far as I go. Stevie, you're, you're, we, Charlene and I have been meaning to talk to you about this, but this is actually an intervention. You've been taking too many walks. I know. It's a problem. Yeah. I've seen you on the streets, I think. Yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to come have. over. <laughs> we're going to come over with some lemon pasta. and We're going to teach you how to ollie and we're just going to sit you down okay. in, your, in your driveway and it's going to be okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Hey, Dave, I'm trying to find our final, our last, like our five questions and I can't find them anywhere. Um, I want to ask her some of them. Okay, let's do it. But I can't find well, them. Can you not remember them? I can, I'll give a couple. I can't remember them. Charlene, what's your favorite snack? Yeah. Ooh, um, popcorn. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Charlene, I just read that pop from the CDC, they sent a thing out <laughs> saying that popcorn <laughs> is an anti-inflammatory and a great snack for right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's my favorite snack. I actually pop it from the kernels and then I just like put a bunch of stuff in them. My favorite is nutritional yeast and black pepper with some sea salt. Oh, yeah. And is delicious. Now, are you popping it in a pan? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the I way I like it. In the pan. What kind of oil do you use? Um, I actually love safflower oil. Oh, I've got some at yeah. home. Use Ooh, that. Maybe do that. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Oh my God. This kind of pains me to say because he's very problematic. Um, (laughs) He has been my crush since I was 12 years old. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I love him. I'm into him. I love him. But his arrest, he was was a little sketch like about four or five years ago um, with some race issues, but he has since come around and I have an enduring crush on him. He's a complicated figure because I I know a lot of people who are into him. I feel like I've kind of come around on him, too, because he's been so good in so many things. But the public persona has been so rough. But it seems like he was reckoning with it. I Did you see his movie? Yes, yes I loved it. Me too. I thought he was extremely good in it. And I didn't totally know if it. I didn't know if where it ended was it, like it, for, for me, I thought it wasn't over. So when it ended, I was like, yeah. wait, Confusing. what, what, mm-hmm. what happened? Um, but I have faith that he's, that he's getting there. Yeah, I totally do. I always have faith in Shia. <laughs> uh, our, um, one of the people who consistently listens to our podcast just named her puppy Shia LaBeouf. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Yeah, he's a very he's a, a very, very cute little pit bull mix. Shia LaPup. Shia LaPup. So cute. Um, so cute. I did uh, find the questions, Dave, by the way. Let's run through some more. Okay. Cool. I'm game. Okay. Um, you may not be able to answer this due to your dating history, but what was your most awkward first date? Awkward first date. Um I had kind of a weird, awkward date. I I didn't know it was a date. 
someone left their bag at my work and then texted me and was like, hey, can you please bring me my bag? And I'm and I said, you know, I'm actually meeting a friend at mess hall. Um, if you really need it, you can meet me there. And so I told him what time I was going to be at mess hall. He shows up like before my friend does, sits down, orders a drink and begins to start like trying to date me to like <laughs> flirt with me uh-uh. all over the guise of him missing his bag and then my friend so my friend shows up and she's like what's going on and I'm like hey uh, my friend is here I'm sorry like maybe you can get this to go or I mean I don't know just like slam this drink down and leave um also I'm married so <laughs> I'm not really interested in dating you um and we, he awkwardly left. We went into the parking lot and he was getting on his bike because he rode a motorcycle. And I was like, hey, I don't – I know, totally. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what you think is happening here, but I am married and I'm happily married. And he's like, oh, please, get over yourself. It, that wasn't that. I mean, it's not like we fucked or anything. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Two thumbs That's- down for that dude. Yeah, douche, douche. Um. Also, anyone who says get over yourself when you're just using clear communication is a psychopath. Oh, my God. And a misogynist, for sure. I mean, that's <laughs> disgusting. Well, that's, that's the, the, the God. Uh, shitty male logic is, is a hell of a drug because it's like in that man's brain, the situation was ruined because you were married. But if you weren't married... He still is the same person who would have said, get over yourself to someone who was married. So it's like, oh, you think that a ring is the only thing standing in the way of you having a romance with this person? Like, you're a be- you suck. Yeah, you totally suck. And also, you he still would have crashed this, like, girls night with one of my best friends. And then oh. I get back to talk to my friend and she looks at me and she's like, hey, never do that to me again. And I'm like, I just want you to know I did not do this. <laughs> um, I got to say that Mess Hall is uh, is cursed. This is not the same level of bad. But I had a I had somebody who I barely knew uh, <laughs> reach out to me. And I think a lot of it has to do with this podcast. I don't think it's that this person is a listener. But, um, but I think I have sort of a – Stevie, you can back me up on this. Maybe like a reputation is like, someone who talks about relationships a lot and like that, you know, that's what my pilot I wrote is about. And that's what some of the shows I've written on and et cetera, whatever. I used to have a dating blog. And so somebody like had gone through a breakup and, and she asked me, Hey, you know, this is like really crazy for me. Would you, would you ever like, you seem like you've been through it like in the past couple of years publicly, would you want to like, could you, would you ever want to like, get together and talk about this? And I was like, okay, where do you think the suggestion was mess hall uh, restaurant? Mm. We went, we went mm. and like immediately got a drink and I was like, oh, I have walked into a date. This is a date. No. Oh, no. And, so, and so I just had to be like the most diplomatic and be like, here's my advice about kind of like moving on and how long it takes and the things you got to do for yourself and self-care is so important. And would you believe I have to actually get home and do something that I have just made up off the top of my head because it's 10, <laughs> it's 1030 on a Thursday. Like this is my night, but I, but but goodbye so so like what i hear you saying dave is that you were here you were there for the free therapy that you were offering but you were like out for the date <laughs> you're like yes i will spend an hour and a half 
therapizing you. Uh, yeah. But if this is a date, no. Honestly, I dispense free emotional, <laughs> yeah, free emotional therapy, free emotional uh, labor. But uh, I'm not, I can't just make out with anybody, you know? Yeah. I'll, I think there's like a special place, uh, a special category for the type of person that um, tries to manipulate a date out of someone. Like, I think that mm-hmm. is one of the craziest things because at best it works out a little bit and your manipulation tactics got you a date with a person who you were not brave enough to ask for a date. And at worst, you're turned down in a way that's really, really awful for everyone because someone's <sighs> having to set a boundary that they didn't even know they had to set until they got there. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's a no-no. It's an I burn everything no-no. Yeah. Um, Charlie, next question. Uh we we've in the past done a just a crazy preamble lead up to actually asking this question, but I, we'll just keep it simple. Um, <laughs> whether it's your whether it's your death meal, last meal before you die, or just your dream meal that you could eat with no consequences, like cor- cor- number of courses is no object. Uh, sources of the food from home, from a restaurant, from multiple restaurants. What would you eat if uh, if you could just if you know you were basically granted a wish, dream wish meal. Mm. Okay, I would probably do something coursed and I would start off with like a nice fresh arugula salad with some peas and some mint and maybe a little shaved Parmesan on top. Um, And then I would move into pasta because always pasta. Um, Really any pasta is great, but I love something with like a white wine sauce. Um, And then some fish. I love Branzino, so I think oh. I would do like a whole grilled Branzino um, with lots of herbs stuffed <sighs> into it, um, some more greens on the side, and then I think I would end it with chocolate. Just What, ki- what kind? Hmm. You can pick a brand even. Oh, okay. So Ben & Jerry's, they have this coconut seven-layer bar ice cream that has chocolate in it, uh-huh. walnuts, caramel, and graham crackers. What? It's delicious. And Ben and Jerry's, they are incredible. Like follow it's, Ben and Jerry's because oh they are fighting. <laughs> yes, they are yeah. fighting for social justice. So Ben and Jerry's all day, every day for dessert. The stuff Ben and Jerry's, first of all, that's a great dream meal. But the, <laughs> the stuff Ben and Jerry's is doing on their Instagram is like, it's so... Um, the opposite of what other brands are doing they're going mm-hmm. so hard and they probably because their entire model of their business is so about social justice it's like an incredible business um but it is comedic in comparison to other places it, it really is i know because most people are just like throwing up that black box as <laughs> once, and then they're like putting other things up ben and jerry's is going so hard that it's like it feels like they're screaming at us and it's so yes funny. <laughs> yes i love it i mean they're unimpeachable ben and jerry's and yeah. and uh i just i want to send a just a beautiful sweet little shout out to fish food because fish yeah. food is one of my favorite ben and jerry's varieties um the little chocolate fishes my god i had some last night i'll admit it <clears throat> but i just love that their business model of just making the best ice cream ever for 40 years Mm-hmm. has has given them the platform i mean it's like if if half of the brands that were as beloved as them 
use their mouthpiece that way, it would be or use themselves as a mouthpiece for social justice, it would be amazing because it's like, who doesn't like Ben and Jerry's? Everyone's delicious. It's so good. And but here's the thing, Ben and Jerry's, um, I'm pretty sure they did a lot of psychedelics. So brands out mm-hmm. there, maybe get on that train, expand your consciousness <laughs> a little bit. Check out psilocybin. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so it's funny. A little, a little microdose never hurt anybody. Just a little though. bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a tiny bit. Did you know they um they hire ex convicts? Yes, yes, I love that. They're, They're so incredible. amazing. They're such mm-hmm. an incredible brand. Ben and Jerry's. We want to say thank you, thank you for thank what you. you do. Um, all right, Charlene. Our last question is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice about food or relationships or both, what would it be? Hmm. About food. It could be food and relationships. It could be the same piece of advice for both. It could be a different piece of advice for each thing. You know, I would say for both things, always lead with compassion. Hmm. So in your relationships, lead with compassion. When you're eating, lead with compassion. So it's not about numbers. It's not about weight. It's not about what food is good food or what food is bad food. Eat in a way that's ethical, sustainable, um, that really nourishes yourself and kind of romance yourself. And the same in relationships. I mean, I think that that's just the key to everything. Going back to what you said, Dave, I think that listening, like truly listening, to be good at that, you have to actually have compassion and lead with compassion and empathy. I think every issue in our modern society would be solved if we just aligned ourselves with that. I love that. And I, and I, I love it, especially coming off of directly off of your dream meal because, and it's, again, there's literally no wrong way to answer the question. People have said, you know, a, a course meals, people have said, oh, 9 million chicken nuggets and my mom's apple pie or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it's so deliberate and it's so like that, those courses, I mean, it's like a, it's like an actual restaurant menu that you just shows well off of that, and, it, and, it, and it's like i mean i don't know it's it's kind of it's it's a little bit of a, a, a un, uh, unintentional mind blower because to me i'm like if you think about food and your whole life that intentionally then you're gonna plan out a meal with things that make you feel specifically nice like when you said the arugula salad i was like "Ooh, i hope there's some shaved parmesan on there <laughs> because that's one of my favorite food items and then i'm like what's next and you said branzino i'm like oh i never would have thought that but i do like that and they all (laughs) came together so well and it's like that level of intentionality is a way that i think people so rarely eat and so rarely live their life and i would hope knock on a million pieces of wood that that it's beginning to shift that way for people who are willing to to make their brains go there like if somebody loves if a if a total idiot loves ben and jerry's as much as we do and they look at their instagram instead of going like eh, whatever i just want to know like when the new when james corden's nightly show caramel swirl is coming out or whatever <laughs> but, but instead they're like oh what is all of this maybe this is not something i've engaged with before and then they start doing it because they went, well, these people intentionally put this there and I can interpret this any way I want, but I'm actually going to take it at face value and I will do some of this reading 
I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe I have a little bit of hope for the first time in what feels like years. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, same. I feel like there's always hope. And I think that really aligning yourself with hope and compassion and the best of what it means to be human is the only way to live a life. Like going back to earlier, um, you were talking about the people that are out in the streets uh, who like believe that there are protester plants, you know, the people that I guess I would use the word that they're just, they're unevolved, they're not conscious. I think that when you leave this earth, like my husband's grandma, she died a few years ago. And I remember saying to him, like, she really left a legacy of love behind. Mm. And I think that's all something, that's something that we should all strive for. How can we be more loving? How can we be more kind and compassionate? And I just can't imagine coming to this planet and leaving a legacy of hate. <laughs> no, it'd be leave such, it'd be such a, a shame. Yeah. Leave a legacy <laughs> of love. If, um, Wow. I have so many quotes from you that I'm going to be using to promote this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, you said so many beautiful things that all of it revolving around compassion, despite what's happening. And I think that's really beautiful and something to aspire to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I think it's the best of us. Um, I, I have, uh, I've, enjoyed i mean this is like it's fun when we can do episodes uh where one of us is kind of introducing us to someone else and and you know i i'm so happy for the chance to have met you uh with with microphones in our hands because i feel like this was a really valuable conversation for me and i hope that um i hope that uh, you know, I think our listeners will feel the same way. Is there a way that we can uh, direct our our listeners to some place where they could learn more about you? Yeah, I mean, they can go to. Well, firstly, I just want to say it was so wonderful to chat with you, Dave and Stevie, as well. Like what you Thank just you. said, it, it, this was great. I loved it. It just feels like a big virtual kind of hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then hopefully when. Maybe when there's a vaccine, I'll, I'll see you in, in like IRL. Yeah. And we'll actually be able to hug. Yes. That'll be great. That'll be great. Um, but they can find me, my handles everywhere, just Charlene Westbrook. So Instagram is a great place to find me. I'm always on there. Um, my website is charlenewestbrook.com. Um, yeah. And I love, I love me- meeting new people and making new friends. So hit me Excellent. up hit her well, up we will um, i'm gonna make you come to honey high with me when this is all uh, said yes. and done yes i will do that okay. i'm there great um well thank you so much for being on the show listeners uh go go find her and um <laughs> and uh maybe she'll cook you a branzino yeah <laughs> maybe we'll see <laughs> from from a safe distance yes I'll just like uh, get a really long like pizza like handle of a thing. No big deal. That should be slide cheap. Slide it to their open mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'll use my skateboard and I'll slide it in. Yes. <laughs> Combining all your ollie. skills. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, Charlene. Thank you. Bye. 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 Dave. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like. Yeah. I got to be real with you. That felt like a really good TED talk to me. <laughs> like that felt like I left with seriously so many quotes. Like I wasn't kidding about that. Like uh, 
I love, love that she said lead with compassion. I love that she said leave a legacy of love. Yeah, it's it's um, I feel as though we are kind of unofficially finding a footing with sort of how to proceed with this show. And it's and I think that there could be a real I think there's a wrong way to do this. But finding people who are extremely positive and hopeful, but also which doesn't mean they're not angry, which doesn't mean they're not fed up, which doesn't mean they're not um uh capable of being irreverent i mean we're not we're we're not delivering you know hour and 10 minute ted talks every week now but the fact that we are now kind of deep into this quarantine and deep into this kind of new version of the world and we're finding we we i just think we've been good at finding people who can speak to the current situation and cutting out the really negative people who would maybe i don't know make someone feel worse listening to this i don't know yeah, i, I just I think, I, I, i'm loving it me too i think it's our obligation i think it's our obligation with having a podcast and having a platform um i think it's our obligation to be more inclusive like charlene said earlier and to to leave people better than we found them and i think that's sort of like my aim in general is like in life, in relationships, in friendships, leave people better than you find them. And I think like if we can do that, then we're supplying, we're supplying people with like something that actually might make the world a little bit better. Like even if all we do is have wonderful guests who are well-spoken, um, have a mission, lead with hope, lead by example, I think that's enough. Like it, not enough in terms of, uh, we don't have to do any more work, but like enough for the podcast. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's the thing that I enjoyed the most about this episode was the fact that we could kind of go back and forth and speak to today and also speak to the life of our guest because, you know, Again, under quote unquote normal circumstances, yeah, I would have I would have done an hour and twenty minute episode about what it's like to date someone that you met when you were in high school, marry them, and stay with them into your thirties. It seems, I mean, I know exactly one person who's done that, and he's a. There's two people I went to high school with. Um, they, I believe, got pregnant in the tenth or eleventh grade. He, we all kind of couldn't believe it. Um, they stayed together. He joined the military. He, I believe, did a couple tours of duty, came back. And not only are they still together, but their youngest daughter from when we were in high school is now, oh my God, I think in college. Oh. Yeah. But that's the thing is that it's like, that's a whole episode in and of itself. But it's, you know, it's impossible to do a show this show right now and just spend the whole time going like so you and your husband like to cook together what's that like uh which i mean would be funny if we were just like yeah we're just gonna pretend like nothing's happening but uh, <laughs> i think it would make people angry and make our friends go um is there something wrong with what's you? happening yeah hello uh but you know i i think that it's like yeah people contain multitudes the same you can be uh you can be a vehement abolitionist and 
also be marathoning The Floor is Lava on Netflix, which honestly, I watched an episode. It's pretty good. I haven't watched it yet. I'm really excited to watch it, though. It's very fun. Um, You got any updates for me? How are them dogs doing? My dogs are good. They're actually on the floor in a bed together. Um, Holiday sleeping on her back. Rocket sleeping on his stomach. They're both in bandanas that I've sewn for them while <laughs> we've, we've been in quarantine. Um, They're doing good. They're still sort of low energy, um, maybe a little depressed, but they're doing okay. That's good. That sounds like all of us. Yeah, but I have no real updates. I mean, my only update is... um. Who let's see, bake some sweet potatoes, some Japanese sweet potatoes this morning. Sometimes I'll do that, like just so that I have them for the next few days. Um, I'll be having a meal with my parents tonight, uh, which will be nice. We'll sit socially distanced out in my yard and have some sort of like tacos or something. Um, and I am more single than I've ever been, and I've enti- quit dating entirely. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of led with saying I don't really have an update, but you've quit dating entirely. I'm done. I mean, now, diehard listeners will know that this is not your first time quitting dating entirely. No, you got to quit it all the time. You got to quit it nonstop. Yeah, you have to commit to quitting so you can do it a lot. Um, You got to commit to quitting and then commit to getting back into it. So you, yeah. No, no, you have to quit. Did anything kick this off for you specifically or did you just realize like I can't do this right now for every reason? Uh, I mean, I think I had this like strange moment of realizing that like I don't actually know why people date. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't really get the point of dating. Like, I was like, uh, like the. I believe that like if I just live my life, even right now, live my life, do things I like, like live go out in the world go get coffee from coffee shops and stuff like that like I'll meet people that I are cool and who knows you know I I think I'll meet people and I just like I and I guess what I mean is I'm not and I've done this once before or twice before where I've just been like I can't do dating apps like I've said that before and I guess that's what I mean it's like I I don't ha- see the point in like going back and forth texting to eventually either a meet up and have a really mediocre date or b not meet up at all. Like, I think I'm just like not here for it right now. Um, but I also kind of just think like, I don't, I'd like to just like meet someone by living my life. I look, I totally, listen, I totally agree. And I, but I also think that this, um, our podcast functions as as a bit of a living document, you know, a living, uh, uh, history of our lives. And so, you know, I I welcome the day when you, however many episodes from now, say I met someone and I get to go. Oh, so you you've you've you're you're out of retirement. Yeah. Because obviously that's going to happen. But I I also I welcome quitting. I I feel like I've quit on this show multiple times. I think whether it's good. it was just apps or whether it was like oh I had a weird situation and I don't want to do it anymore. Um. Yeah, I recently. Uh, I guess my only update is that. Well, my food update is I did a I did a grand um, romantic food gesture that I thought was going to be really funny. And yeah. I actually was a little bit rewarded with the reaction I wanted. I went to go hang out with my little quarantine pod, okay. which is uh, my wonderful girlfriend, her wonderful roommate and her wonderful boyfriend. Okay. So it's a four person pod. And 
the timing was such that like I I hadn't really eaten dinner. I I, I had I kind of had a feeling that people would sort of be hungry. And um, someone said, there's pizza here. So I was going to go and get food to to make. But instead, I thought, what would be a really funny but also really appreciated thing that no one would think to do? Mm-hmm. And I went because this this place I was going was down the street from a McDonald's with a drive through. Yeah. And I went to McDonald's and I got four Oreo McFlurries, fun size. Oh, wow. And actually, no, there's no, there's only one size. So I got four regular Oreo McFlurries okay. and they put them in one of those little like coffee uh, holders that holds four, four drinks. Yes. And I was hoping that the door was unlocked because I decided that I wanted to present to them to the group, holding them up on one knee. And so oh I yes. threw the door open and got on one knee and sang tonight. I celebrate my love for you, which is a song, I think, from the 80s. I don't even remember who sings it, but I love that song and just thought it would be fun. And they, let me tell you, their jaws dropped. I mean, Dave, that's so cute. You just brought a bunch of joy to all your quarantine buddies. Yeah, it felt um, felt good. It doesn't take much. It felt good. It was a a nice, affordable little treat uh that i could do to them uh, or for them and with them and they were delicious i haven't had a mcflurry in maybe a year, over a year but it was delicious i uh, love that that's so sweet i love that and my only other life uh, update is that i'm i am trying to pivot from trying to foster dogs which i've did a little bit to i just want to adopt one yeah i'm just looking for a nice little medium size little little mix some something a real funny looking sweetheart who uh who likes to hang out and has energy but also sometimes just wants to just nap and who's uh young enough that they can jump on my bed because i fostered a beautiful little little gal named maya and you know she just couldn't she couldn't do a lot of stuff yeah um that's what i'm looking for in a partner (laughs) all of enough energy to jump on the bed that you don't have to help them (laughs) on and off well i hope when you come out of retirement you find someone like that and um listeners i hope you can find us if you want you know exactly how to reach us if you've listened before. If this is your first time, you can call us 213-458-5236. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, subscribe, leave a nice little review for us. We love to read them. We'll read them on the air. We will yeah. read them on the air. Um, as always, recently, if I said something wrong that uh, you want to correct me about, please just DM uh, me or Stevie on Instagram or email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com. Dave's correction corner. Uh, we're 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 doing oh. it. It's a real thing. He's Wait, wrong. What's He's... my corner called then? Oh, you're you... never wrong. I am wrong. I literally was wrong about two last episodes. Um, Dave correct. Dave's correction corner. And Stevie's sorry place. Oh my gosh, Stevie's sorry space is better. Sorry space, sorry space. Wow, okay. I was right in front of me. I didn't take it. Okay, yeah. Dave's also, correction corner. Stevie's sorry space. And Stevie's sorry space can also be if you have been wronged by someone and you don't feel like you'll ever get an apology from them. I will issue an apology on their behalf. So let me know if um you need a sorry. Yes. Okay. Wait. That's a really good that. Oh, wait, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, I like, wow. Okay. We're coming up with this in real time listeners and we got to get out of here. But, but if you have been wronged yeah. and you would like, or if you have done wrong and you either want absolution or you want to get something off your chest, 
Call us at 213-458-5236. It can be a shitty date you had. It could be that, you know, your your parents won't wear masks outside. And by the way, guys, wear your masks outside. Wear them. Uh, but, but we want to hear from you. So instead of just saying call us for no reason, we would love to offer a place where you can just kind of get something off your chest. So call us at 213-458-5236. We'll play your voicemail on the air. And um, we really appreciate you listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode because uh, I know I sure did. Me too. You know, guys, as always, stay compassionate. Stay inclusive. And stay. Good boy. Stay. Sit. Stay. Sit. Sit. Here's a treat. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. You shall not pass! Up listening to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six year old. You see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyers as it flies straight towards you. And I just walked past it. <laughs> Check out the DD Adventures of Coke the Kinder Giant on Campfire Media. Campfire.